Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes podcast. We are, of course, going to talk about the epic slugfest between Liverpool and City. We're also going to talk about an epic match, but a battle at the bottom. We're going to skip right over Wolves and United. And then we're going to finish with a top 10 prediction. Chris, what's up, bud? What's going on, brother? Not much, man. We are both in the throes of rushing home from Little League games, feeding our kids, trying to get them to take showers, get them to bed, and then hop on to record a podcast. It is a hectic whirlwind of an evening. That it is. That it is. But on my bright side, my Little League team won today. So, <laughs> you know, I can sleep easier tonight. Mm, that's good. Ours lost, but the boys played well, and, and I'm okay with that. Good. Uh, there was an epic, epic match this weekend. Tim, Tim, uh, watched it, but he watched it from Mexico city. Um, I had to watch extended highlights, some deep dive into the match a little bit because I was preaching at church on Sunday. Um, so I didn't get to watch it live, but from everything I saw, it was just an amazing battle between two just remarkable teams. Yeah, I think that's the sentiment. And I think, you know, being an outsider and not having, you know, a a dog in the race or, you know. A horse in the race, a dog in the fight, a horse in the fight. Whatever it's called. I'm, I'm a big dog race gambler so for me it's all about the dog races there you go so um no yeah i mean just not having any skin in the game at all it's what you expected and kind of what you wanted i think it would have been the american in me wanted a winner and a loser yeah as opposed to you know a, a draw so um yeah i i mean i i too only got to see highlights so um can't speak to the full length of the game, but two, two, two best teams in the world still separated by one point. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about how Man City now controls everything, but it's like, I don't know. I don't feel like one point is a control everything type of situation, you know? So we'll see. I don't know. It'll be cool. Some, some are even saying wolves control the destiny of the title because wolves face uh city and Liverpool still to end the, end the season. So maybe it'll be wolves who will determine it. If we can make a point off of one of those two teams, who knows? Yeah. I also, I feel like this is a good time for me to make a formal apology to uh, Diego Jota and, um, when he got transferred from Wolves over, I made a lot of fun of how much fanfare was made over him because I just never really saw him as that good at Wolves. But dear Lord, he, he's pretty freaking good. He's really good. So I, was- I full on apology. I apologize. I 
am acknowledging that you are quite the uh, footy player. And uh, I wish you weren't on Liverpool because you're actually pretty fun to watch. And um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, John was great. You know, he was he was really streaky with Wolves and that was some of the critique of him. But that probably has more to do with Wolves. I, I was pretty confident him being surrounded by a bunch of excellent players would only bring out the best in him. So it's been fun to see him be excellent. Yeah, no doubt that that. You know, you gotta, you gotta just probably accept the fact that that's the circumstances, the talent level he's around now, compared to what he was around with Wolves, it's pretty drastically different. So easier to step your game up when you're surrounded by greats. Totally, yeah, it'll be interesting. There's rumors that Ruben Neves will leave in the summer, and he's excellent. And there's no doubt, like it's he, he is far and away our best player, but he doesn't get all the hype. But you know, should he end up? at United or uh, city or Liverpool or some other top club, I think he would start getting worldwide recognition for his, his skills. So it'll be interesting to see. I hope he doesn't leave, but that's some of the rumors, but it's kind of a Jota type move, right? You know, a guy kind of lost in the shuffle on a, on a mid or upper mid table team goes to a top team and is playing champions league and you just see them more and they get, get that praise. But yep. Well, we had Tim, uh, foreign correspondent, Tim, not, not exactly the same as an on the ground correspondent, just foreign. He's just in a foreign country. So, uh, we had Tim send us his thoughts on the match. So he gave us, uh, some, some halftime thoughts, and then also final thoughts. So Tim, take it away. Hey guys, uh, greetings from Mexico City. I'm here at the Doghouse pub in the Roma Norte neighborhood. It's packed out, uh, it's halftime right now. Uh, city up 2-1, uh, but my goodness, what a game. It's been really entertaining, really fun, um, but we're all a little nervous, I think. Um, I will say when we when we first got here, there were more uh, baby blue, sky blue shirts in the room than than Liverpool. But um, I think that's balanced out a little bit. So uh, yeah, that first goal from Kevin De Bruyne, really unfortunate. That deflection, uh, pretty unlucky, I would say. And man, just those first five minutes, the game got off to such a wild, frantic start. Uh, by the time Jota scored the equalizer around minute 13, uh, I, I will say the, ch- the cheers in the room were two to three times louder <laughs> than uh, they had been for De Bruyne's goal. Um, so and some of that, I think more Liverpool shirts came in, but um, still a pretty balanced crowd. Um, there was a lot of sloppy play, a lot of sloppy play by Liverpool, giving the ball away in dangerous areas. Uh, you can't do that too many times without getting burned. So, um, 2-1, I think, you know, being down 2-1 at the half is probably about right. Liverpool's fa- giving up more fouls, uh, giving up more corners. Um, some of those times give the ball away. Um, really thought we almost had it there when Ederson let a ball slip through, but he cleared it just in time. Anyway, looking forward to the second half. A little nervous, a little excited. We'll see what happens. Yeah, did you see that Ederson mistake? 
I did. It was, I, I was like, oh no. Oh, okay. I what, mean, what was amazing to me is like how composed he looked as he's kind of clearing it just along the line. I'm like, geez, for having made such a mistake, I'd pro- you'd probably see shit running down my leg. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, to have the, the striker right there too, as you're kind of maybe making a mistake slash recovering for yourself. This is impressive. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, no way. Oh man, so crazy. Yeah, because it, it and that goes back to like, you know, with soccer, like the ball has to completely cross the line because the ball touches the line. Yeah, that's it right. Doesn't, it doesn't clear to the other side. And so, like in a lot of sports, you know, the line is any touching of the line, you know, yeah. triggers the event. So yeah. Yeah, one of the things I was just kind of reflecting on, and maybe it was because Wolves were so piss poor on Friday, but just watching those two teams, you know, what I saw of the highlights, the passing is so remarkable. Like the through balls that are being made, um, the long balls, the runs that are being made, it's just such a different level of play. And even... And even though United like sh- will show sparks of that, Chris, you can clearly see the difference between a team that's like playing cohesively, that understands what they're supposed to be doing and is playing well together, and then a team that has a lot of talent, but for what so whatever reason isn't meshing well. Yeah, that that Mane goal. I think was it Salah who made the pass to him. Yeah, well, yeah, there's Trenner, Trent Alexander Arnold to Mane. Too solid and too money. It was like so good. That yeah, it was incredible. It was so good. So uh, not to tip off what I thought the goal of the week was, but yeah. good lord, was that goal just awesome. Well, let's let Tim tell us his post-match reaction. All right, full time here in Mexico City. Two two. I'll take it. I'll take a point on the road at City. I think Liverpool fans will take a point. Frankly, I think I think City will take a point. That was a I was a really intense uh, 90 minutes, really intense uh, draw. I do think that uh, can't help but wonder what would have happened if we would have gotten the corner off of Salah's Salah's strike with the deflection, really obvious deflection. I don't know how that gets missed, um, but we had our chances. They had their chances. Um, 2-2 is probably a fair final score. Um, Really fun environment here. This pub in Mexico City is a really international crowd. Uh, People from all over the world, it seems, and some locals. Um, There was a British kid wearing a Guatemala uh, national team kit, which was fun. And then um, there was also somebody wearing a Norwich kit. God bless him. So... That's it from here. Um, looking forward to hearing what you guys thought of the game, but it was fun. Now we're on to explore the city. See you guys later. I will say it was. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think like getting a corner is all that like big of a deal. I mean, obviously it matters and it keeps it in the zone and you can run a set play, but like the scoring percentages are so low on corners unless you have like James Ward Prowse on your team. Um, But like, it it is a little shocking to see that big of a missed call. Like there, 
there's no question that that goes off of, I think it was John Stone's leg. Um, and it's like, wait, how did you miss? It was almost a handball. It was almost a penalty. And instead it's going the other way when they should have still had control in there. So it, I don't know. It's more shocking that it's such a bad miss call as opposed to just like, oh, well, we could have scored. It's like, eh, man, I doubt it. Yeah, totally. You do. Yeah. I'm, of course you're wondering and you want, you know, anytime I know best, like anytime I have a t- chance to bitch about a call, like I will. So right. um, I, I get the, I get the sentiment, but um, that Mares free kick in the 90th minute. Oh man. Jeez. Oh, Just hits the outside of the post. Yes. Allison's like diving across. Oh, what a strike. Yeah. I and mean, that's that was, what that was. That's what, I mean, Liverpool has this too. Like they have scores from all over, all over the pitch, but it does feel like city. You just don't know who's going to score when they're going to score. Um, they're just, it, they're a machine and both those, it's just yeah. so amazing. I'm so thankful that we get, we get to one, just watch those two clubs play at such excellent and high level, but then also to get, probably a pretty exciting like potentially down to the last week or two title race so that's fun yeah no doubt in some ways the draw is kind of the best scenario in that you know if city wins they go up four points that's tough to overcome liverpool wins they go up two so a draw keeps them one one point apart and should be fun to see what happens yeah i mean one mistake could flip the whole race yep for sure I did want to just remind everyone that I, I did predict a draw. I predicted a one, one draw, Chris, you predicted a Liverpool three, two win, which that's pretty dang close. That's pretty dang close. So well, well done. They would have got that corner. They would have scored (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for sure. Blame it on poor refereeing. Well, at the other end of the table, we had a phenomenal midweek match between Burnley and Everton. Um, Who would have thought? (laughs) Who would have thought? I mean, I really, I thought it was going to be a nil-nil like snooze fest. And it was a 3-2 epic comeback from Burnley. Um, I had a meeting that was only supposed to be a half hour. So I was going to, it was going to end right at the start of the match and it ended up going long and I get out of the meeting and see it's two nil to Everton already two penalties, uh, Richarlison penalties. And I was so disappointed because I so wanted ever or Everton to lose. Um, and then to be able to watch Burnley with this amazing comeback to, really put the pressure on Everton to then only go and just shit the bed over the weekend against Norwich to allow two goals against Norwich. And then Everton somehow pulls it out of their ass to get a one nil win over United to now bring the uh, gap to probably a, safe four points over Burnley. Yeah, it's uh it's crazy because it's like my I, you know I predicted hey whoever wins that, that game is I I'm picking them to avoid relegation. The loser's probably going down. And who would have thought that my club would be the one to foil <laughs> everything. 
<laughs> that it's like, really, you guys can't even beat the 17th place team that's on their way to 18th if you guys beat them. And then it's just even, it kind of is funnier that Norwich beats Burnley in a game that like Norwich has looked dead for the last, well, since they got, you know, promoted. So uh, <laughs> for them to, to pull out a win against Burnley, it's like, wait, what, what? And, and Everton beat United. Like, Oh my gosh. I know we were set up for the perfect scenario. You had said like, by the time we record um, next week, Everton could be in the relegation zone and it was perfectly set up with that. And then it was, United. I mean, if I asked you Saturday morning at 4 a.m., Nate, <laughs> who is going to be in first off? First off, at 4, four a.m., I'd have been like, What in the hell are you doing in my house? I'm <laughs> sleeping. I'm just whispering in your ear, Nate. I just need to know who's going to be in 18th place. It's true. I would have, I would have said Everton, but now they got a four point a four-point gap on Burnley. And most likely that's probably insurmountable, even though Everton still has a tough road ahead of them. They do not have an easy, an easy schedule, but winning is contagious and who knows what, what they'll be able to pull off in the next, uh, the next few weeks as we, as we round out the season. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, I said we would skip over both Wolves and United. They are very memorable losses. Um, Wolves on Friday night, probably one of the worst outings I've seen Wolves this year, which is so surprising because the previous two, they looked so good. Um, the attack had looked good. We did have some, we had Raul still out on his uh, double Yellow, he had a two-match suspension, so Raul is still out. Then Donker got sick, um, and he was unavailable. And um, uh, and Daniel Podence also had a little injury, so we lost some of our most like most important players. And it was very obvious; it was it was a shambolic performance um, against the team that didn't really even play well themselves. Not that they didn't deserve to win. They just didn't look that good either. At least when we've lost like some of our other poor performances against Brentford or crystal palace, um, at least Brentford and crystal palace, like played well and kind of carved us apart. This was just poor. It should have been nil nil. Um, if it wasn't for the, for the saw penalty. Um, so again, another penalty on Jose saw, which, that's what you get with an aggressive keeper like him, but ugh, it was really, it's always hard. And it's worse when it's a Friday, like then you've got to endure the whole weekend and it's a Friday bef- and we don't play next weekend because of the FA cup semis because of city. And so now we've got to wait two weeks with that lingering taste in our mouths. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about United. So <laughs> <laughs> just not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it it's not happening what, what else about their, the what about their potential new manager let's at least give okay. you a moment to talk about that is, is it official yet it seemed like it was like announced but then it, i don't know if it can I, I mean again this goes back to the crazy soccer contracts and all that stuff i don't know if it can be official um but from all appearances and news reports and everything um, you know, Eric Ten Hag has 
been named the United manager who will be taking over at the end of the season. So um, I don't think it's actually a done deal, like signed, sealed, delivered, but I believe it's a done deal that just needs to be signed, sealed, delivered. Got it. So I'm excited. I, <laughs> I will say I was a little bit surprised because, I mean, I've only – not like I do a, a big deep dive on Ajax and, you know, their squad, but obviously they've been a pretty solid team for a few years under his leadership. And you see him on the sidelines and I must say he's a good looking bald gentleman with a beard. And I was surprised to see he's 52 years old. <laughs> like, I actually thought they were bringing like a young up and coming coach who like carved his way through this league and, you know, but now he's 52 and he's been around for a while. So um, I'm not going to pretend like I know a ton about him. I know Ajax plays a much better system than what I've seen United play since I became a fan. So I'm just hoping um, I'm hoping he can come in and make some positive changes, obviously. And I think at the end of the day, though, with United and this roster, it comes down to the players. And so you know, you can only blame a manager and lack of tactics and the board and the owner for so long. Like when you have 11 guys who are incredibly talented and at the, some of the highest levels of the game, it's kind of on them to perform at some point. And so like, you know, you can blame Ole, you can blame Ralph, you could blame, you know, Jose going back before that, but it's like, it's almost the exact same squad playing the exact same way, producing the exact same results. And so at some point you got to look in the mirror and say like, well, what is it? Yeah. Well, I think it's a great, I think it's a great hire. Um, I, to me, it's, there's so much to be said about a guy who, and yeah, it's only five or six seasons, but he's been with Ajax since 2017. And I think that means something, right to be at a club for a while, to instill a system, to be a perennial champions league club. Um, so yeah, I think it's exciting, uh, and a good hire. Um, as much as I love seeing United be a dumpster fire, uh, it's a <laughs> good hire and they're an Epic club. So. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Sounds like he's already made the pitch to the United board of what he wants the team to look like and play like and be like. And, you know, Ralph stays on as I think almost like the head of the board because Ed Woodard resigned. Yeah, that's right. As he was supposed to. I don't know. Maybe he's still there. Maybe the ghost of Ed's still around. Um, but, you know, the whole thing with Ralph coming in was, okay, I'll coach the team for the next six months, but I'm staying on for the following year and a half as the head, the guy who gets to take, who make decisions, but we'll bring in a coach for the team. So, um, hopefully they work well together and they can make some good decisions and just, you know, spur the team forward. They need something. There's, it's just a mess right now. Yeah. Did you see by any chance who his first coaching club was? Um, was it Serena soccer, 82 golden wings? <laughs> no, but it was. Go ahead, Eagles. <laughs> it's like those names, you know, those like sweatshirts where you're like that for sure. That sweatshirt was not created by someone who speaks English natively. <laughs> it's like just a random amalgamation of, of English words. That's what this club seems like. Go ahead, Eagles. But <laughs> we are not at Erste Division. Uh, 
podcast, are we? No. Well, we do have, we've talked about Tim's club. We've briefly mentioned our clubs, um, but I do want to talk about Kyle's club, Leeds United. Uh, They played Watford over the weekend. They got a great victory in what I'm calling it the ugly kit derby. It was, it is like, I didn't watch any of the match, but seeing the highlights, it was horrible on the eyes. It was the ugly Watford jerseys. And then Leeds was wearing their like lavender kits. And it was, just, <laughs> it was atrocious. But Kyle texted us in the group message and said, how many, how many matches do they play in a season? So we told him 38, you play each team twice, home and away. So, you know, 19 other clubs to play, 38 matches. And we said, why? And he said, because I was wondering if Leeds could make the top 10. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't have a table in front of me. And I went back and looked at the table later and saw that, sure enough, that only four points separate the number 10 team in the league from the number 16 team. And in some ways with Everton, with two games in hand, if they somehow, which I don't imagine happening, they win those two games in hand, they could have 34 points. So the distance between 10 and 17 could really only be four points, which is shocking with six, seven games left for all those clubs. So, um, Leads, yes, they they could they could crack the top ten, which is crazy to think about. But uh, Chris, we we talk a lot about you know the title race. We've talked a little bit about top four, although Spurs seem to be uh, taking that by the horns a little bit right now with Arsenal fading. We've talked about the spots for Europe between you know Spurs, Arsenal, West Ham, United, and and Wolves we have spent no time talking about like the 10, the kind of middle of the pack. And so my question to you, Chris, is right now, who do you think finishes in that 10th spot? Um, I am going to take Brentford. Ooh, I like it. They're just playing some good ball right now. They start out hot they cooled off and they're starting to get hot again. And I like that. Yeah. I mean, their last two victories have been so, so impressive. You know, they won four or five, two of those were Brentford and uh, or Norwich and Burnley, but they beat Chelsea four one. And then they beat West Ham two nil this weekend. So, um, you know, I haven't looked at who all these teams play, but Brentford has, has Watford coming up. Um, who else it looks like they have Spurs United Southampton Everton and Leeds to finish up the season. I mean, that's not a murder zero. That is not, that is not. So, um, yeah, that, that's not a bad, that's not a bad take. I know that this is rather, this is rather, a, a like not really a take at all, but I'm probably going to go Crystal Palace. I think Crystal Palace, they've just played the best out of those clubs. Um, and actually, they have a really 
manageable run of fixtures to finish up. They have Newcastle, Leeds, Southampton, Watford, Aston Villa, Everton, and United. So um, I'm going to say that Crystal Palace holds on to that 10 spot, but, uh, but we will see. But all that to say, Kyle, Leeds, yes, they could finish top 10. And it would be a remarkable comeback if they did. I think the bigger thing for Leeds is that they're not going to get relegated. American watch for this week. Speaking of leads, I just want to keep giving Jesse Marsh shout outs. Um, he has, whether, whether it's his system or just the new manager bounce, whatever's happened there has been pretty, pretty amazing the way they've been playing and the form, the form they're in. And so um, it's exciting it's exciting to see them them play so well after a rough kind of first couple of matches, but they've won three of their last four with a draw thrown in there. So you got to love that. Pulisic also, uh, he played, he came on at the half for Chelsea and their drubbing of Southampton. He had, uh, had one really good chance to score that that got saved, and then uh, someone scored on the rebound. I don't remember who it was, but but Pulisic still not getting on on the score sheet. But good to see him get a half of half of football under his belt. Yeah, we need him on the pitch more though. We do, Chris. You uh, you mentioned you had a goal of the week pick. Yeah, I. I love that Mane goal. It was the one that tied it up too, too. And and like, I think for me, we've talked about before, like the goal as a whole matters to me, like the buildup and what happens is just as important as the strike in a way. And I think that that buildup, those passes, um, and then the long cross, I mean, it was awesome. It was so pretty. And this, the more angles you see of it, the angle of that pass to get by the two defenders it gets by to get to Mane, and he just strikes into the upper corner. That's my goal. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, I love it. Uh, there wasn't really a ton that stood out this week, but, but I was going to go with the Martin Odegaard uh, goal for Arsenal from distance that somehow looped into the upper, <laughs> upper corner. I mean – it was a great strike. And, um, in the end it didn't prove to be of that great importance, but, but I, it was a good, it was a good, good effort from distance. Solid, pretty meaningless goal. (laughs) Well, let's move on to lock it in review. Chris, you cursed your own team by picking United over Everton that drops you to 16 and 15. I took Arsenal over Brighton, which did not happen. Uh, that drops me to 18 and 13. And Tim took Chelsea over Southampton, and that was correct. So he extends his lead. He's at 22 and nine. Uh, I am four games back with six to play, which does not bode very well for me, Chris. There's maybe still a battle for second. You're only two, two games back. Um, who are you taking this week? And maybe actually before you announce it, I should say we, we 
expanded the rules a little bit this week because there are only six matches um, because of the, the FA Cup semis. So we expanded to allow us to choose matches against relegated clubs because we realized that there were only three available matches otherwise, and that wouldn't really give Tim a choice. So we thought it would be more fair to him if we let us all choose against relegated clubs if we preferred. Chris, who are you going with? Well, I took advantage of our ability to pick against relegated teams. And, oh, no, wait. No, I didn't. I'm an idiot. I took Tottenham over Brighton, and uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand of Tottenham, who are looking like a legitimate English soccer club at this point in the season. So I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to go with Tottenham over Brighton. They really are. I saw, I heard uh, that Sun and Kane have combined for 40, 40 goals, something like that, career, the two of them. That was this weekend. They're just a great duo. Yeah. Um, I, I think Burnley sunk. I think that loss to Norwich this weekend psychologically is going to break them. And so I am taking advantage of being able to choose against a relegated club. And I am choosing West Ham over Burnley. West Ham hasn't looked that great lately. I don't know if uh, European football is catching up with them, but I still think they have enough in the tank to beat Burnley. And Tim texted us from Mexico City that he is taking Arsenal over Southampton. Are you sure? I thought Tim texted us that he was taking Norwich over United. Mm, That also would not be a bad choice. (laughs) Actually, it wouldn't. I was looking for what the worst matchup would be, and that was the one that stuck out. And then I realized, like, no, wait, United sucks. So maybe (laughs) that's not the one to go with. Dude, you don't know what you're going to get with United. They have so much talent. Like, who knows what's going to happen? They scored one goal in the last 30 days. No. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it is because they had the international break for a week, but they have one goal. No, that's still a great stat. That's a great stat to throw out. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pathetic. Well, with the FA Cup semis this weekend, we get Man City Liverpool Part D, and that's exciting. Um, that's certainly has to be the match of the week. It'll be interesting to see how they come out against each other, having just played, having just played to a draw. Uh, so that, that should be fun. Um, the other end, the other half of the draw is Chelsea and crystal palace. That'll be on Sunday. Um, other than that, Chris, any matches you're looking forward to? Um, honestly, this slate this weekend, because the FA cup kind of, puts a damper on a whole lot of things um i mean if you're into midweek games the the ucl champions league is gonna wrap up their quarterfinals now this week so a lot of good matches coming up tuesday wednesday thursday in the champions league to keep it yeah on. yeah we didn't even mention that last last week um but chelsea chelsea got pounded 3-1 by Real Madrid at home. So they, they've got a lot of work to do at Real. Uh, that game is tomorrow. City is up 1-0 against Atletico Madrid, but they travel to Madrid on Wednesday. And then Liverpool is up 3-1 on Benefica, and they play at home. So 
Liverpool's looking in great shape. City's looking in decent shape, though. I think that playing at Atletico is going to be tough. And then Chelsea definitely has their work cut out for them. Um, the semifinals are the 27th. So I actually don't remember if the brackets are set or if they redraw again for the semis, but is it possible that Liverpool and uh, and City could play two more times? <laughs> like after? I mean... So I, I think they do another draw after this round. So I do think it's possible that... <laughs> I mean, obviously it is possible. They're both still alive. So at some point they might be playing again. Unless that'd be it's in the final. We just get one match, but that'd be amazing though. Especially yeah. if they finish really close in the premier league to kind of have an almost championship game in the final of the champion champions league would be, would be pretty epic, especially with just how, how tight these two teams are. That'd be so much fun. Yeah. I did think it was funny. I don't know if you saw the interview with Thomas Tuchel, but he was talking about how Chelsea's depth is in, is basically insurmountable. I was like, um, you have a really good squad. You need to score three goals. I think you guys could do it if you play well. Oh, I, oh, I did, I did see that, but I don't know. I, I kind of agree with him, but I, it yeah. seems like a weird take for a manager to make. <laughs> Like right, that, for I us, that was the bigger thing. <laughs> was like, all right, so you're just quitting on your team? Like, oh yeah, we are not overcoming this. Yeah. Well, and they don't have away goal rules now, so they only need two. Two, yeah. So, so let me let me ask you this, and maybe I, I'm pretty sure you're gonna know the answer, but so three one aggregate right now. Let's say they win two zero. What happens? extra time so they'll, so they'll just, just go. go to extra time whoever scores the next goal will win and if it doesn't nobody scores then they go to penalties no there's the two 15 minute extra time so they'll they kind of re so they'll play two 15 minute extra times no matter what so even if they score in the first one they still play like a second half where they switch sides right. so there's a guaranteed extra 50, 30 minutes regardless. If someone scores during that time, then it ends. Um, and if they don't, or it ends in a tie, then they would go to, or it ends in a draw, then they would go to shootouts. Okay. So there you go. Keep an eye on that. Cause there's some fun matches there. Absolutely. Yeah. There's still great soccer uh, to watch this, this week and this weekend. And I'm sure we will. You got anything else? That's it. All right. Glazer's out. I'm out. Putin out. <laughs> Putin out still. <laughs> still. <laughs> more than Glazer's. Way more than Glazer's.